0: Hello, welcome to Word Today. I am your host, Levi Johnny Griffin. And listen, everyone has a bias. Everyone, I need you to check your bias at the door because on Word Today, the only opinion that matters is God's. We're gonna talk about seeds and harvest, recognizing seed opportunities and planting them because when we recognize an opportunity to plant a seed, we also get a tremendous harvest. The Bible says, hey, those that sow sparingly, Reap sparingly, but those that sow generously reap generously. So how do we sow generously? That's We have to recognize fertile ground. We have to recognize opportunities to plant a seed in other people's lives and friends' lives and enemies' lives. And when we recognize those opportunities and plant those seeds, we reap massive opportunities harvest that get us closer to our promotion, closer to our dreams, closer to our blessing, closer to the love we want, the peace we want, the family life we want, the ability to travel that we want. But first, before we can reap the harvest, we have to first recognize the opportunity to plant the seed more when we get back. I'm excited. Hopefully, you will be excited. Um, the, the word or the, the title is increased harvest, the law of reciprocity, uh, or uh, you can see, say, seed opportunities, the law of seed opportunities. Oh, there's my little alarm saying, hey, hopefully you've recorded the Bible study. So I'm going to leave that in there because I think that's kind of cool to, for the alarm to be going off about the Bible study while we're doing the Bible study. Nonetheless. Increased harvest. Um, Let me read you the law of reciprocity as given by the website I have cited. Hopefully you you, you read the notes that I put up. Um, So law of reciprocity says that when someone does something nice for you, you will have a deep-rooted psychological urge to do something nice in return. As a matter of fact, you may even reciprocate with a gesture far more generous than their original Good deed. What does that mean? That means a couple of things. That means like if, basically if someone has ever done something really, really nice for you, something really, really good for you and you felt like, man, I really want to repay that favor. I want to do something nice for them even more so than what they've done for me. That's reciprocity. So you've gotten back, you know, they've gotten back bigger than what they initially sowed into you. That's the law of reciprocity. I would like to say, yes, that's the law of reciprocity, but I also want to say that there was a seed opportunity, right? It was a seed opportunity. Someone saw an opportunity to sow a seed in you, whether that was money, whether it was time, whether that was connecting you to something else that you needed. They saw a seed opportunity. And any opportunity, you can either choose to, choose to walk through the door of opportunity or you can choose not to, right? So it was a seed opportunity. They recognized the opportunity. And what did they do? They planted the seed. So this is my definition of what a seed opportunity is, it's something that uh, I'm putting into here. So let me define what I mean by that seed opportunity An opportunity, sometimes very brief. Sometimes th- it's an opportunity that's only there for a second. So you have to recognize it. But a seed opportunity, an opportunity, sometimes very brief to do something good. Sometimes you only have a second to recognize. Hold up. This is a seed opportunity right here. Uh, don't let me get sideways. Don't let me get angry. Don't let me. Pass it by. This is an opportunity to plant a awesome seed. Let me take that opportunity. And when you take when you plant a seed during a seed opportunity time, you reach a seed opportunity harvest. And by by that, I mean the direct output from identifying a seed opportunity and planting a seed during that recognized seed opportunity time. Let me give you some. Let me give you some examples. Let's go to Luke seven. And and the thing about a seed opportunity, when you plant a seed, you can't stop the harvest. The harvest is going to come. The Bible says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. You can't stop the harvest when you plant a seed during a seed opportune time. Luke seven, starting at verse 36, we're going to find out about a woman anointing Jesus. That's right. Not Jesus anointing a woman, but a woman anointing Jesus. Luke seven, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with them. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the pharisees who had invited jesus saw this he said to himself if this man were a prophet he would know what kind of woman is touching him she's a sinner so this guy's thinking man if jesus knew was really a prophet and really knew everything about everything he would know that this is a harlot touching then jesus answered his thoughts jesus answered his thoughts so jesus spoke to this man the man only thought it but jesus spoke to him aloud He answered his thoughts saying, Simon, put him on blast. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied, not knowing Jesus could read thoughts. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right. Jesus said, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, check this out. We're going to see seed opportunities, missed opportunities to plant a seed, and then someone else who takes that opportunity and does plant a seed. And we're going to see someone not get a harvest and someone get an abundant harvest. So just, just look, check this out. That's right. Jesus said, then he turned to the woman. Now he's talking he's going to talk to Simon while looking at the woman. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off of my feet, seed opportunity. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped him with her hair, a planted seed. You didn't greet me with a kiss, seed opportunity for Simon. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet, planted seed during the time of the seed opportunity. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, seed opportunity for Simon. But she has anointed my feet with rare perfume, planted seed during the time of the seed opportunity. I tell you, her sins and they are many. This woman is jacked up. Plenty of sins. Her sins and they are many have been forgiven unbelievable harvest so she has shown me much love but a person who is forgiven little basically saying simon shows only a little love then jesus then jesus said to the woman your sins are forgiven the men at the table said among themselves who is this man that goes around forgiving sins and jesus said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace wow There were some people at the table with little sin that may not have gotten the grace that this woman got. So they had little sin, but may have not made it into heaven. But this woman saw the seed opportunity and during the season of a seed opportunity, planted the seed or at the time of a seed opportunity, planted the seed. And she reaped a massive harvest, basically a free pass into heaven. Send her whole life. Jesus says, you've recognized me as a prophet. My feet were dirty. You cleaned them. I didn't get a kiss. You know, at that time, it's like you would greet your brother with a kiss. And in Italy, right, they kiss on both sides. That's still a practice to the day. It's like you didn't even kiss me when I came in. You didn't wash my feet. This woman has washed my feet and dried them, washed them with her tears, dried them with her hair. This woman has been blessing me since I got here. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. There was plenty of seed opportunities. None of you recognized them. What this woman did, and she planted seeds, and now she's reaping a massive harvest. Lord God, touch this word today and everyone listening. Let them be better adept adept at seeing seed opportunities and planting seeds in that that season. I want to just go over a few examples, and there are millions, people. There are millions. Don't get locked into what I'm about to give you. There are millions. I'm going to give you some examples right now of seed opportunities and the harvest that comes when you plant. A seed during the seed opportune times. Okay, did that sink in? So I'm going to give you some examples of seed opportunities. There are millions. There's there's probably thousands that happen every day day that you don't even recognize. Thousands that you don't even recognize that are seed opportunities. I hope this gives you some examples and open your mind up. and, And maybe when you go to work or maybe at home with your kids, you'll begin to See some seed seed opportunities, and start planting seeds in those seed opportune times, so that you can reap an abundant harvest. Your dreams are one seed away. You're a seed away from your dreams. Let's let's go through. I think I have seven I've listed here. Let's let's begin to go through some. Uh, give you a seed opportunity. Let's say you're busy. You're busy at work. You're working. Oh, you're, you know, like man, I'm on the grind. Oh, I got so much stuff I need to do. I really have to bang this stuff out. Uh, And at the same time where you're unbelievably busy, your coworker is also unbelievably busy. You're busy. Your coworker's busy. Man, what do you do? The seed opportunity there is to help your coworker. To help your coworker, right? Get down on the grind and help your coworker. Now, that's the seed opportunity. Now, the, the question now becomes... What is the harvest? The harvest is since you planted a seed into someone else's success, the harvest is you reap toward your own success. You reap toward your own promotion. You reap toward getting closer to your own dreams. And I've seen uh, on you know this show called Undercover Boss here in the States, where CEOs, when they go undercover and help out their uh employees, they end up blessing their employees with with money, promotions or uh, paying their college tuition or something like that, cars, because they're sowing toward someone else, and it, and it would tend lend to believe that they became the CEO by sowing toward other people's success. So when you sow toward someone else's success, you're you're going to reap a harvest toward your own success. Pastor, can you back that up? Oh, of course. Let's go to Second Corinthians nine. Remember this: a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Of the, basically, the farmer that only sees a few seed opportunities only plant only gets a small crop. But the one who plants generously recognizes multiple seed opportunities, tons of seed opportunities and plant seeds in the seed opportune time will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Like don't feel like you have to give. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, basically someone who wants to give. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So you're thinking, okay, I bless someone else, so God is going to bless me with a more generous heart. That's true, but it doesn't stop there. Yes, you will be enriched in every way, not just some ways, but in every way so that you can always be generous. Since you are generous with your time, yes, God bless you with being able to get your stuff done faster, but he will bless you in every way so you can continue to be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So you bless someone with your time. But now he's allowing you to bless them financially. He's increasing you so much that now you can increase others. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will be joyful, joyfully expressed their thanks to God. He's saying, listen, two things are going to happen when you bless people. You help that coworker out who's struggling. Two things are going to happen. One, their their needs are going to be met, the obvious physical need. But they will also thank God because of you. So now you've strengthened someone's faith, or you may maybe even want a believer because you were generous. As a result of your ministry, verse 13, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you. The people you help will now be blessing you. They will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Wow, what a harvest. You sold a little bit of a little bit time to help someone, to bless someone, whether it's a coworker, family member, whoever. The guy on the side of the road, you spent some time to help uh, someone, and God blesses you for it. He blessed you for it. And I've done that before. Just help people randomly, uh, and you don't really have time. That's what. That's why it's a sacrifice. That's why it's a seed opportunity, because it's an opportunity there for you to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna push what I got going on the my, the Levi Johnny Griffin program, the my show, my ambition. I'm push that to the side to help someone else. When you do that, God blesses you. He makes, he brings you. When you help someone get closer to their dreams, God helps you get closer to your dreams. And then he says he does it in every area of your life. You may have sowed in time, but he blesses time, money, family, the whole deal. He blesses you in every way. So that way you can now be more generous. So you had $10. Now he blesses you with a thousand or 10,000 or a million. So now you can even be more generous. But the end result is more people are blessed and you are more blessed. Seed opportunity and a seed sown in a seen opportune time. Let's look at speaking about coworkers. You know, say you're busy again and say you see a coworker that is sad, they're depressed, they're kind of downtrodden, they're kind of, uh, you know, n- you can tell that they're not having the greatest day. So seed opportune time, seed opportune, the ground is fertile for you to plant a seed. You can go over there and say something nice to them. You don't even have to bring up the fact they're sad. You can just say, you know what, girl, those pumps look really good. I like those. Where did you get those from? Those are so nice. Oh, my goodness. Did you do something new to your hair? That looks great. Oh, bro, what's up, man? Looking good. You've been hitting the gym. I do, man. I saw that you you, you got a new car like that or find something encouraging to say to just build them up, make them feel good about who, who they are. It was a seed opportune time, which means the ground is fertile and you planted a seed. Just encouraging them. And if you want to dig into why they're sad and think you can do that and, and, and love them through a process, you have their relationship with them. Go ahead and do it. Seed opportune time and a seed planted in a seed opportune time. Reaps a harvest. What is the harvest? Since you invested in someone else's happiness, God invests into your happiness. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with their harvest. What is they saying? You were busy. And if this applies to the previous example as well. You were busy. You didn't really have time to do this. or you didn't really... Feel comfortable really going and getting in, in their business like that. But you you did something uncomfortable. You planted in tears. It was uncomfortable. It was icky or you were tired and you or you had other things to do. You really didn't have time to do it. or didn't feel comfortable doing it. But you knew it was a seed opportune time. The ground was fertile and you went planted a seed of encouragement. So you're going to reap. You you planted in tears. You planted, didn't want to do it or seem struggle. You didn't know what to say, but you planted anyway. You planted through the fear. You planted through the through the not knowing what to say you planted during through the being busy, you planted it. And it says, even though you planted in tears, you're going to reap in shouts of joy. You'll be there more happy. So you sown into their happiness. But now God makes you happy. You've been waiting on a proposal and somebody comes and proposes to you. You get that house you want it. You're not even thinking that six months ago. I encouraged someone and helped them through a hard time. But God, God doesn't forget. God doesn't have a short memory. And when your time comes, since you sown into someone else's happening now, he's he's sowing in yours. You may reap in tears and inconvenience, maybe inconvenient to drive 20 minutes to go help somebody. But you reaped in tears, but you're going to you you've sown in tears, but you're going to reap in joy. Let's talk about let's talk about children. You're tired. Your child wants to play. Your child wants to do this and you, you're tired. You're exhausted. That's a seed opportune time. So how do you plant a seed in those moments? You just take the time and play with them, or talk to them, or invest in them. Don't just be a parent that lives in the same house. There's too many parents. You live in the same house, you see the child every single day, but you're not investing. Someone sees your kid once a week, and they're investing more in them than you are. You live in the same house, but you're you're too tired to spend time with them, or you're too uh, you're, you're too busy. You know, take that's a seed opportune time. Take some time. And talk to them, playing with them. And if you can't do it, then set a date with them. Say, hey, all right, I, I really can't do it now, but hey, Friday morning at eight AM, we're going to go play basketball. We're going to go to design. We're going to do that thing. And when you do it, you know, make sure you honor it and you do it. So you that's and that's once again, you sewed in tears, and you're like, man, it's not a tear. It's not sewing in tears. It's my kid. But you were tired, you were exhausted, you didn't want to do it. Sometimes kids take. Uh, a lot more than what we we seem like we're able to give, and we have to give it anyway, right? So you sow in difficulty, but you reap the harvest of a better relationship, a more beautiful relationship, a stronger relationship. And then now, when you go to tell them to do something, they're a lot more, a lot more likely to be obedient, right? And I always talk to people about marbles in the jar as an example that uh, I heard, uh, and it's an example that I pass along all the time. You know, you can't pull out more marbles than you put in when it comes to relationships. Every time you say something kind, every time you help out someone, not just your kids, but anyone, you put marbles in the jar. But anytime you have a disagreement or have to give an unpleasant instruction, you take marbles out of the jar. And you only run into problems when you've taken more marbles out than you could put in. You know, you go to reach for something in there and there's nothing there to take out. And then you run into this big conflict or this big problem. But when you fill that thing up, you've invested time, you've invested love, you've invested encouragement, you've invested wisdom. You have that that jar is full. Then when you need to pull out, it's a lot less uncomfortable because you've sown so much in this person. They love and respect you that even when you disagree, there's still plenty of room to take marbles out of that jar. Right. Let's talk about something not so obvious given to homeless people. Oh, my goodness. You mean I got to give the homeless people? I don't want to do that. What does the Bible say? Jesus said, listen, I love y'all. I got y'all back because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was homeless, you you let me live with you. And they looked at Jesus and said, when will you ever homeless? And when will you ever hungry? And he says, there were other people that came to you who were hungry and you fed them. There were other people that came to you that were homeless and you gave them a place to stay. When you did that to them, was, you really did it to me. How? That's a seed opportunity. What's the seed opportunity time when the homeless man on the side of the road? Giving them some food or giving them a dollar. Jesus says, "Hey, if someone asks in need, man, give it to him." What's the harvest? Now, don't be don't be uh, don't just give foolishly. Be a wise shepherd. But if if you pray and you feel like, hey, man, this person really needs it, give it to them. Or if you don't feel like they need it, and they have a sign and you have a dollar, just give them the dollar. Or if they say they're hungry, buy them the food. I've went to tons of people and just bought them the food. But I've also been wise. The guy's like, "Man, I'm starving. I'm hungry. I can't. Oh, my my stomach's touching my back. I'm starving." I said, "Hey, man, there's a." little fast food restaurant right here. Let me go get you something right here. Come on, come with me. Let me tell me what you want. And they go, oh, no, no, no. I don't eat that. I eat across the road over here, or across town. I want that over there. I'll just take the money. And I'm like, no, man. I'm, and then you don't, I'm not giving them the food, or the money, because God has given me wisdom, right? I'm here. You say you're hungry. Your sign says you're hungry. I'm here to feed you um, physically and spiritually, but it doesn't look like you want either. So no, no, I'm not going to be unwise, but there have been people where I, Like, I'm hungry, and I was like, hey, man, do you mind going right here to get some? And they're like, man, please, thank you. Because they are truly hungry. You know, so yeah, you want to be a wise steward, but you don't want to just say, hey, you know, there are some deadbeats out there, so I'm not giving to anybody. That's not the right attitude. What if Jesus took that attitude? You know what? There are some bad people in the world, so I'm not saving anybody. Not the right attitude. There's a seed opportune time, ground is fertile. Plant that seed. What's your harvest? Malachi 3. I am the Lord and I do not change. Verse six. This is why you de- your descendants or you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Mercy, grace, cover. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet yeah, you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. How have you robbed me? Tithes and offerings. Tithes is financial. It's always financial. It's a tenth of your increase. Offering can be financial. It can be your time. It could be anything. Anything that you give to what? Strengthen God's family, strengthen the kingdom of God. To strengthen his temple. Right. So when you're not giving, when you're not strengthening the kingdom, you're denying God of that offering. He says when you do that, you're under a curse. But if you do uh, give a tithe, give an offering, give your time, give some love, give some gratitude, give respect. sow into people, he says he'll make sure that your money goes further. That you make more money, that you're blessed, that you have an increase. It says your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. What does that mean? That means when you invest, when you do things to benefit your family, yourself, they'll always be on time. Feed that homeless dude, man. See that seed opportunity. Take it. Okay, let's bounce over to something else. See, Say someone cuts you off in traffic. Someone cut you off in traffic. Now, normally someone cuts you off in traffic. You might have a few choice words to to tell them. Right. A few choice words. Beep, beep. Don't you beep, beep, beep. And that's not the horn going off. Right. That's the censorship. That's because how you, you know, so, so someone cuts you off in traffic. You might not be so excited to just plant a seed, you know? <laughs> but there is a seed opportunity there. It's a seed opportune time. If they're cutting you off in traffic, they're obviously trying to get somewhere pretty quickly. So what can you do? You can pray that they don't get a ticket. You can pray that they make it there safely without destroying themselves or someone else. You can pray they're covering. So when you plant that seed during that seed opportune time, what happens? God, since you're praying or covering someone else for someone else, God covers you. That's your harvest. Matthew 5. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies, including the people that cut you off in traffic. Pray for those who persecute you, including those people that cut you off in traffic. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, you basically pray for those, cover those, invest in those that are investing in you, that love you. It says what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do do that much. So basically even sinful, evil people do that much. But it says if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans, basically non-believers or Satanists. Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. What is it saying? If you only pray covering over people that love you and praying and covering for you, it says what reward do you have? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. They're kind to their friends. He says, but I I called you to be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. What does that mean? Love people that don't love you. Isn't that what Jesus died for? A bunch of people that didn't love him. And the people that loved him. But we really didn't love him. John 14, 15, right? If you love me, obey my commandments. We've all broken Jesus' commandments, right? So we've been uh, short of the loving children that he's asked us or called us to be. But he says, listen, so let's love someone else. Since we've fallen short and God loved us, Let's the other people that fall short, let's love them. Then we will be truly acting as children of the Father. Then we'll be his true children because that's his characteristic. So those need to be our characteristics, right? Right? I am a, a black male. So my son is a black male, right? He takes on the characteristics of his father. Do we take on the characteristics of our father? Seed opportunity. And if we plant that seed to love someone, even though they're cutting us off in traffic or doing something crazy, it blesses us. You know, Let's say if someone curses us out or is rude to us, say that person that cuts us off in traffic gives us the finger and curses us out. Or well, that co-worker isn't just sad, but they're disgruntled and they're cursing us out. They're evil. They're mean to us. People at church get into factions. Maybe the people at church don't even like us. You know, maybe we're having problems. What do we do to rude? What 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 do we do for rude people? But well, for one, we need to understand that a lot of time when people are uh, rude or people are nasty, it's because they have corruption on the inside of them and they're just pouring that out. If you're made out of jelly, then you're going to spew jelly anytime someone gets close to you. You're gonna walk and spill jelly. If you're if you're filled with Kool Aid, purple Kool Aid, every time you move, purple Kool Aid is gonna pour out, right? If you have a jar filled with purple Kool Aid to the brim, the moment you move it, purple Kool Aid is gonna spill out. If someone's miserable on the inside, anytime they walk or talk, just that's gonna spill out. But God called us to be the equalizers. We are the equalizers. What do I mean by the equalizer? That means that we should be able to walk up to people that are rude, nasty, and when we walk away there loving and blessed. So if someone curses us out as is rude to us, for one, we have to be the, the peacemakers, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called the, the, the children of God, right? Sincerely apologize and be overtly kind to them. Be overtly kind, be intentionally kind to them. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm not sure why you're cursing me out and calling me the son of a two two-legged dog. I don't know that. I don't understand why. But you know what? I apologize. Apparently, I did something. And you try to diffuse it like, hey, how can I help? How can I better understand your point of view? Right. Same thing works if someone disagrees with you. How can I better understand your point of view? Help me to to understand. And then you repeat that thing back to you, back to them. I think this is what you mean. Is this what you mean? And that person that disagrees with you or being rude to you might be like, oh, that's exactly what I mean. Or they may say a lot of times they may say, no, that's not what I mean at all. And they say something else. Then you repeat it back to them again. And say, blah, 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 blah. Is this what you mean? Okay, yeah, that's more like what I mean. And then you might realize, oh, I misunderstood you. Or maybe you, you took them the right way. And then they, they understand that, hey, you care about what I want. You under, you care about what I'm seeing. You become that peacemaker. And what does Matthew 7 says about a peacemaker? God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You show that person mercy, Matthew 7. So then now God shows you mercy because you didn't just get rude back with them. You showed grace and mercy. Matthew 521. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Don't get angry because they're angry. Become a peacemaker. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Let's not be cursing someone. Let's not be upset. That's because they cursed us. We don't have to curse them back. We're we're called to be the equalizer, the balancer. Those are seed opportunities. And a lot of times, when people are rude and nasty to us, they're just so sick. And, you know, their parents could have died. You don't know what hell that life is poured on them. And they're filled with that hell. How can we how can we give them a piece of heaven? Right. And there's another harvest, Matthew five, five. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. They will inherit the entire. The world is yours just for being humble. And I feeling that your opinion is the best opinion in the world or that your opinion needs to be heard right now. How can I understand you? This person is mad. How can I understand you? Or maybe they just simply disagree. How can I understand you? How can I better make myself uh, understand your point? Now, once I understand it, I'm still able to give my point, but you're a lot More likely to listen to me if I've really taken the time to listen and understand you. I've been humble. Matthew 5, 9, another another harvest. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Just being humble and, and trying to diffuse the situation. God says you will inherit the whole world and you're my child. You inherit God's love and with it, the kingdom. Just by being humble. Massive harvest, little seed. A little bit of seed, a little bit of humility, a little bit of love, massive harvest. Amen. Little seed, massive harvest. If you want to have a bigger harvest in your life, peace, you know, blessing on your job, uh, better kids. You want to just put money. You want to pull in a massive harvest, better relationship to begin to sow in the areas that you want. You want a better marriage? Find someone with a shaky marriage. And, and and if you're a guy, find another guy. If you're a girl, find another girl and start praying with them and talking to them, giving them encouragement about their marriage, not telling them, you know, this is how you run your household or anything like that. Hey, your household isn't perfect. You can't don't give them advice like that. But instead, just pray with them like, Lord, God, touch, bring peace in the home Lord God, bring strength in the home. Lord, God, bring love in into the home and just start praying with them. And as you sow into their marriage, God will have you reap a harvest in your own marriage. If you want finances, start, you know, sowing seeds and paying your tithes in the church, giving offerings, you know, giving money to people that may need it. And as you sow, God bless you with an abundance of finances in your your home. You want love and more peace in your life? Start finding ways to love other people and sow peace. You will reap a massive harvest in the areas of which you sow. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, right? Really, the Bible just says you will reach a, reach a massive harvest. Massive harvest. We've read that scripture already. I don't have to read it again. A massive harvest. You sow a dollar, you know, if God is multiplying times ten, you get ten dollars. If you sow a thousand, God multiplying times ten, you get ten thousand. Remember, it says that if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. So listen, sow in love, sow in finances, sow in time. So in humility, so in peace, and you'll reap massively in those areas. Listen, I really appreciate you checking out today's podcast. Make sure to find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Levi Johnny Griffin. Hit me up on Twitter at Levi underscore Griffin. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple podcast platforms, Google podcast platforms, and Stitcher. Also, place a link to this podcast in your social media feed and tag me in it, Levi Johnny Griffin, for a chance to co-host a show with me. Hey, I want to leave you with this: four evidences of Christian faith. One is belief. We believe in what Jesus did on the cross. This is what covers us and gives us access to the glory of God. B. Lifestyle. It just means we live like we believe it. Jesus tells us to live right. We live right. C. We evangelize. What does that mean? We teach other people. About Jesus so they can have faith Indeed we spread the lifestyle We teach them how to live like they have faith How do we do that? We connect them to a church And we connect them to plenty of Christian material Bibles, Christian books, Christian movies Like The Passion And even Christian podcasts Like Word Today Share it with your friends If it's blessing you and you're eating and growing from it Let someone else eat and grow from it as well I love each and every one of you Let's keep praying and keep pushing in the faith together